Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? I am your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra, along with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. My man, episode 47. We got a lot. We got a lot to unpack. Yes. Because we opened a can. <laughs> you opened a <the> can. <laughs> we got a lot up your mess a little bit. to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you realize the power of words, yeah. right? And yeah. then when you don't have enough time to oh, yeah. unpack all the nuances, the amount of questions and texts and emails that start to flow from that, all from this week's content. <laughs> you, uh, There's a prequel to everybody. You, you work the dirty, you, you had to get the dirty, you know, Pastor Tim gets the dirty work in, in throughout the year. You know, everyone else kind of gets, uh, you know, the good messages, the inspiring ones. Pastor Tim's got to be the one to, to get all the ones that like bring. I'm going to give you one. And- <laughs> I'm going to give you one next year. And I'm going to let you feel the weight of it. Like when you're like, man, and I'm going to forward you all the emails and all the text messages. I need to messages. feel the weight of having to bring this truth yeah. from God's word. It's good though, man. In a, in a world and culture that says they want the truth, but I don't know. You can't handle it. I knew truth. it was coming. I was going there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going there. Man, that's just that, that, that is truth though. Can we handle the truth? That is. Can listen, we live out the truth? Last episode, Smeagol. Smeagol. This episode, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> we even started something new. Man, we're just bringing Listen movie references. every week yeah. to hear Johnny's. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I brought some laughter and cheer. There you go. To our audience, man. Great but stuff. I am, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode, episode 47, Post Sunday Podcasters. Thank you, man, for just tuning in, being a part of what is going on here at the Post Sunday Podcast. If you haven't followed us, if it's your first time here, uh, Post Sunday Podcast is stemmed from Genesis Church Orlando. We're a church in East Orlando that gathers together uh, at 8, 8 15, 9 o'clock, and 11 30. Over in East Orlando, you can check us out at GenesisChurchOrlando.com just to see how we do and what we do. But uh, we have been in a never-ending story, year-long series, which is crazy to think that we're almost wrapping this thing up. But we've been it's basically been a full year-long Bible study from Genesis 1 all the way now into Acts 15. Uh, we're, we're on our way, man, to getting closer to Revelation. We haven't hit every book. We haven't hit every character. But every every week, we have uh, the, the, the stories have connected. The dots have come together uh, into what has been an, an amazing story, the story of God, story of redemption. And we would love to, for you guys to be a part of what we're doing here. So please check us out on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Twitter. 
And also on YouTube, you can find us on Post Sunday Podcast. You can type that in under the search. And iTunes and Spotify, you can find us on Post Sunday Podcast as well. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're there. You can, you can watch video. You can tune in audio-wise. Uh, whatever works for you, we just love for you guys to be a part of what is happening here at the Post Sunday Podcast. And of course, if you got any questions or anything that you want to be uh, find some answers to from any episode in the past, uh, please email us, postsundaypodcast at gmail.com. We'll love to get uh, back to you as best as we can and answer those questions. Those lovely questions that you guys have brought throughout this year has been incredible. But uh, don't forget, we are wanting as we kind of wrap up this year, yeah, to hear and know from our listeners and our watchers what has been your favorite episode, uh, your favorite piece of content, yeah, that's been your fun. favorite story, and so you can DM us that, like you just said on Instagram. Yeah. Um, you can email us that yep. post, uh, post podcast post, at gmail.com post podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, send that stuff to us. Yeah, we want to read over it. We want to celebrate it by the end of this year. And so let us know what has really just kind of hit you, made you rethink things, uh, impacted you in a whole different way. Pastor Tim and I have really been thinking through some end of the year, beginning of the year ideas and what we I want to continue to spice up the pod and and, and make it uh, just something that is continually evolving and getting better over time. Yeah. But we have unpacked something that we were not aware of. Yeah. This year, in the, the sense of a that it's the word now we are right on sync today. Yeah, bro. I was gonna say nice. a hunger for God's word. So yesterday I was talking to someone who said that they have just joined this adventure with us over wow. the last few weeks. And because they came into it late, they have gone back every night. Every night they watch a Sunday service and then listen to the podcast to follow at their house. And then I was talking with a group of uh, people meeting last night for a Bible study. And they are listening to the podcast and they are doing a Bible study off of it. Pages, pages of notes that they're taking. And then uh, one of the ladies said, we, we go back and we listen to the Sunday service, even though we've attended it. Then we listen to the podcast and then we come discuss it further. And they're listening to multiple services because they said, you don't say the same thing in every service. And I said, mm. no, I don't. Different people. And the Holy Spirit sometimes gives me different words for, for the crowd that's in front of me. And I have to be open to that. But the hunger that people are displaying and showing to learn and absorb God's word. The amount of texts we've gotten this year, the emails, it's been fabulous. So today's content, I hope you chew yeah. on it and yeah. you eat it and you swallow it and then you figure out spiritually how you're going to digest yeah, it. That's our, it's our mission, man, is to continue to equip the, the kingdom of God, our people, our community uh, in, in the ways of the kingdom and uh, what better way to do it with not only a Sunday message, but with just some additional resources throughout the week that you can be stay plugged into. So not a lot of places are offering all this stuff, man, but we truly have a passion for it. We have a joy for it. Um, it's not a burden for us. It is such a blessing to do this. And uh, the more that we get feedback from you guys, the more that it just amps us up even more yeah. and just really gets us going. So uh, bring it in, send it over. Um, but again, uh, it's, it's been, uh, a hunger, but also it's been, it's, it's been gut punching throughout this year. A lot of different uh, messages that have really hit the gut hard, have really made us pivot and stop 
and have to redirect things. Um, and, and this is one of those that you brought this coming week um, as we dove into Acts 15 in the Never Ending Story series. And so uh, talk to us a little bit, Pastor, about just kind of, I guess, a little recap, you know, what's been happening uh, in regards to the Gentile world. Uh, and where it's leading us now, where you know what you spoke about yesterday in our ma- in the message. Yeah, for those listening, and it's new and it's fresh. Acts fifteen, I would say, is one of the most pivotal moments in our faith as Gentile believers. So, if you're not Jewish and you are coming into the faith family of God, the events that happen in Acts fifteen are something that we have to have a laser focus on. And really, we just we jump the cliff right away, right? Because at this point. If you have been walking this adventure with us or you've been listening and you've been watching and you've been uh, journeying through the story of God with us, now the questions are really starting to rise to the top. We're getting to the end of God's story. And the end of God's story, he's coming back for his people. So now the question is, who are his people? What are his people called to do? And how do people identify around them who the people of God are? So in essence, we ask the question, what signifies to those around us that you belong to this group? Mm-hmm. What, what signifies to the world around you that you're a Christ follower? What signifies to the people around you that you have entered into the faith family of God? Wow. And that's a simple question, but it's a loaded question. As you said, it's a gut-punching question. Yeah. Jerusalem uh, Council in Acts chapter 15, we know that Paul is taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Uh, while he's doing this, there are some men that rise up, some Jewish men who come down to Judea, and they begin teaching the men, and they begin to say that you must be circumcised to receive salvation. And so now there's a debate between Paul and Barnabas and these Jewish men as to the Gentile believers that are entering the faith. How do they receive salvation, and what is what are they obligated to when it comes to the faith family of God? And so they take this argument and this debate back to Jerusalem. And I think the key thing in this whole story that you have to pay attention to is the very fact that the Jerusalem council is made up of the disciples of Jesus. These are not some other religious leaders. These are not the Pharisees and the Sadducees that we read about during you know, the stories of Jesus. These are the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. This is Peter, James, John, you know, these are the disciples we have read and studied. They make up this council. So when you bring these things to these people, they have a lot of authority. We have to remind ourselves that Jesus spoke to them and said, all authority is given to you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then he tells them, teach them everything that I have commanded you, everything that I've taught you. So they would not be teaching something contrary to Jesus. They would not teach something in contradiction to Jesus. He also told them, I give you the power to bind and loose. This is, this is a, a, a language that they would use the rabbis if they had authority to take the scriptures and go, Hey, this is what we bind upon you. And this is what we loose. This is what we loosen from you. And the disciples have this. The problem is this. There's a lot of Christians that think they just have the power to bind and loose what they want. And that is taking the scripture out of context. And that is assuming. That is the wrong way to read the Bible. Because what we read the Bible uh, in such a way, we say things like, let me see if this is applicable to me. Well, there are some moments that are not. 
We real people, real place, real time. The reality is what we first are doing is saying, God, what do you want to reveal to me? You reveal, I receive. And we have been revealed to the truth that this Jerusalem council is about to bring an answer to this argument about what do the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles have to do to enter into the faith and receive salvation from God. Wow. So you brought up two questions, right, that lined up with that. Can Gentiles receive salvation like the Jews? What are the Gentiles obligated to when it comes to God's commandments? And uh, again, you're, you, you mentioned uh, the men who came down are saying it has to be through circumcision. Um, and there's just this big debate. And we can go into the first five books of the Bible. You, you specified uh, numeric numbers there. 613 commandments, 365 do not, 248 do. You get to think like your own kids. Yeah. When you make one do a chore and the other one doesn't have to, or like one has to go mow the lawn while the other one has to fold five towels, right? You know how you're a kid, you're like, that's not fair. (laughs) I have to go out and mow the whole lawn and they have to do this. In a way, that's what's taking place. You said the first question what do they have to do to receive salvation? Yeah. That's the most important. Yes. The second one was, we have 613 commandments by God in the Old Testament. If we have to walk in these statutes, these instructions of God, what do they have to walk in? Mm. That's a legitimate question, right? That, that, that's not just um, them overreacting. That, that's a legitimate question. What people have to realize, as we talked about, and we'll just explain it real quick, is that out of the the 613, 365 negative, don't do commandments of God. Don't do this. You're prohibited from doing these things for the nation of Israel. 248 positive commandments or do these things. So they're not all just against you. Some of them are commandments are for you, right? And even the ones that you would assume, as we said, are against you, are really God saying, listen, there's a better way. Don't do this, right? So let, let's just be clear. They're all for you. Let me, let me re-clarify that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the laws of God, even for the nation of Israel, the laws that were written, you were required and obligated to the ones incumbent upon you. Well, there were laws for priests. There were laws for kings. There were laws for men. There were laws for women. There were laws for the nation of Israel. And there were laws for the outsiders. So not all 613 commandments apply to every single person. And therefore, we begin to see that, like, I heard it written one time, or I saw it written one time, Jesus was perfect because he kept all the laws that applied to him. He did not have to worry about any of the laws that applied to women, Right? the same way you and I don't, but they're asking that question. Okay. They're the outsiders coming into our faith. Remember Paul writes, you are grafted in. It is not you who supports the root, but the root who supports you. Remember this. This is where in church history, things go off the rails because the Christians believe they're now quote unquote, the new Testament church and they replace Israel and the story of God. And that, that's a really, really terrible theology and way to approach the scriptures. But these commandments that they're asking is a real issue. And what they're asking, there was God's laws and there were man-made laws. And this is where we're going to kind of unpack some, you know, application today. I think there's a lot that needs to be done around the application of this story for those that are listening because there's so many questions. The man-made laws then 
I would say we're different than today because there was a heart behind them that they were trying to guard the instructions of God. Obviously, they go far past that because this is why Jesus gets mad at the Pharisees and the religious leaders and all that stuff because a lot of things they're doing is not the laws of God. It's the man-made laws being added. And we talked about this. There are listeners right now. You have grown up in religious settings with man-made rules that have nothing to do with God, his story, um, the Bible, and his instructions whatsoever. But they were they were put on you and lorded over you with authority and power, and you were burdened under them, and you were never meant to be burdened under those. And so that's what's happening in the story. These Jewish men are coming down saying they must be circumcised according to the law of Moses. Well, there's no law in Moses that says that the outsider must fully convert to Judaism. Now, throughout the Bible, there were some that did. They came into the faith. They got circumcised. They began to celebrate all the festivals. They began to celebrate Sabbath. They began to eat kosher. The whole works. They were called proselytes. They were trying to declare every Gentile believer must become a proselyte to enter into the faith according to the law of Moses. This was a man-made law. This is not a law of God. So now this is on the table at the Jerusalem Council. Wow. And so um, Acts 15, 4 through 5, when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders declared uh, all that God has done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, is it, is it necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses? And then you, and in Acts 15, 7 through 11, um, it discusses that actually um, 7 through 11 in Acts 15, 19 and 22. So, yeah, Peter stands is, up yeah. and he says, let me address this. Yeah. This is Peter. Let's get this very clear. The disciple of Jesus, called by Jesus, commissioned by Jesus to lead the church. And so he steps up with all authority, right? And he says, Mothers know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. This mm. is his story because he experienced it with Cornelius, right, and his family. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. No distinction. He made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? So he's talking about the man-made rules. He is not talking about the law of God. Let's get this very clear so that we understand Scripture the right way. Okay, He's talking about the extra things being burdened because it already is difficult in our flesh to walk in the ways of God that he's given us. And then on top of that, you're trying to add more things, okay? And so he says, we believe that we will be saved through the grace of our Lord Jesus just as they will. So question number one, answered, simple. Jew, Gentile, no distinction, no partiality. I have experienced it myself. So has Paul, the leader of the Gentile church. And we have both seen the Holy Spirit given because both Jew and Gentile are saved by grace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Question number one, done. Now James, the brother of Jesus, stands up. So as we said yesterday, you have Peter and you have James. If you can't talk to Jesus, there's nobody else on the planet you would want to have a conversation with more than Peter or the brother of Jesus, right? Because you know they know what he's about. 
and what he would want and what he had taught them and what he had commissioned them to do. So this is the reality of Acts 15 for all of us living in the faith. And James says, therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God. So we're not imposing on them circumcision. That's a man-made law. That's not needed. We know they get the Holy Spirit through grace and salvation in Jesus. However, grace and salvation in Jesus is your entering point into the faith. We know that the Bible is very clear. It says, believe and obey. So once you're in the faith family of God, there is a way your life is to be lived so that those around us know which group we belong to. This was really Genesis 1. You are made in the image of God. You are to be a living example of God to the world. This was your vocation in Genesis 1 as you were created. This is the nation of Israel. Don't be like the nations around you so that when they see you, they will know that I alone am God. This is the message of Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount. You shall be a light on a hill, a city that can't be hidden so that people see it. And so this is what they say. This is our judgment. Here's what we're going to tell you. Here's the, here's the on-ramp for the Gentile believers. They should abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, from what has been strangled, and from blood. So that's the foundation for how you're to begin to live your life in the faith family of God. Four prohibitions, four things to abstain from. And abstain means do not do, do not attempt, do not play with, do not be curious about, flee from. Wow. Wow. And in our day, that looks a lot different from what it looked back then. It does. Idol worship, you know, was a physical statue or a carved item. Nowadays, an idol can become a simple entertainment propped yep. device. Um, sexual morality has been the same since <laughs> since then, right? And, and 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 from what has been strangled and from blood. Talk to us a little about that. About what. Yeah, so how maybe that does that look nowadays like So what we have to realize real people real place real yeah. time. Like we talked about last week. You have Christians living in Ephesus. You have the Temple of Artemis, the goddess of fertility. Everything in this city cuz it's the major metropolitan city is all about trade and all about selling. The merchants were angry because they they make these idols. It tells us there's all types of black magic and dark magic around because the people bring their books to burn them when, mm. when Paul arrives in Ephesus. So this is the culture. What I will tell you is that it is not much different than today. The only difference that we would say in America is that we don't have some place where someone's literally doing a sacrifice outside of it and taking it into the temple to offer a god or a goddess. But we have people that have idolized things that are not of God. We have people living in darkness and, and, and dark magic and playing around with all other forms of darkness and evil. And so when they're looking at the Gentiles and they're saying, hey, as Jews... Wherever we go, we're to eat different, dress different, celebrate different, study different, respond different, all these things. One God versus many gods, right? Love your neighbor as you love it. Everything that was contrary to what everyone else was doing around them. 
they're asking, okay, then what about the Gentiles? What do they need to do so that the people around them know they don't belong to that group anymore? They now belong to this group. So they're looking at them going, hey, this is the culture all around you. It's all about idol worship. It's all about sacrificing. It's all about gods and goddesses, the belief in, in other religions. And we need you to come out of that. So it included sacrificing animals and blood sacrifices and, and these types of things. And so when you see that blood and that strangled, these are derived from Leviticus chapter 17. God gives the nation of Israel uh, not only ways to eat, but ways to sacrifice. There are ways to slaughter animals, kosher, according to how God wanted animals to be killed, to be sacrificed, to be eaten. The nations around them did not do it that way. They don't do that way during this time. And so they're looking at them going, hey, first of all, the way things go about, you're in a culture, a very pagan culture, and we got to get you to look different. That is very applicable to us today. We live in a very pagan, anti-God culture. And they would be saying, hey, what's different about you in the culture around you right now? Mm. What is it that makes you stand apart so that people know you don't belong to that group anymore? When's the last time you said, no, I can't be a part of that because I don't think that would honor the God that I serve. That's the legitimate questions we're forced to ask right now with Acts chapter 15. Wow. And so, you know, you went along and spoke about that uh, in, in each one of those four. Um, I think the one that really hit home was sexual morality. Yeah. Um, sex is a, it, it's, it's a huge, it, 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 it's a double-edged sword. It's a beautiful thing God created, right? But But the enemy has corrupted it and twisted it into... Uh, something that God never intended it to be. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, it's even prior to the pod, we talked about uh, just y- hearing this type of message, man. Uh, I-, I don't know how you can not pivot and and just make some hard decisions, especially for young couples that are that are growing, that are uh, striving to to to. Uh, get married and and continue their relationship together and be further together for a long time. Um, there there has to be some 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 boundaries in all of that. So I think we're at a point where the gloves come off, right? Yeah. You have a few questions you have to answer if you're wanting to follow Jesus. First of all, is God is God real? If you believe that, then is his story true, right? Like that's the starting point. And there are a lot of people that go, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So go back to the beginning of God's story. He's the creator of it all. He is not us. If God's real and you believe his story is true, he's the creator. We are not. He creates you in the image of God. The enemy we know hates all of this because he shows up in Genesis 3. What happens right before Genesis 3? He creates man and woman, and he puts them together in the sanctity of marriage the way he intended. The enemy shows up, and he's not just disrupting our belief in God. He's also trying to destroy the relationship between man and woman that God created. Mm. He's been doing this from the very beginning, right? God said man and woman shall become one flesh together. 
He's been trying to get us in our flesh to play around with a bunch of people since the beginning of time. This is why God came along with the nation of Israel and said, I'm going to write some commandments in Leviticus chapter 18. There can be 25 different proper sexual relationships. I want you to adhere by the nations around you. They're doing these things. If you're going to follow me and do things the way that I intended them to be, if you're going to claim that you trust and follow me as the creator of all things and the one who put all things into motion, then you have to abide and adhere by these things. What we've done is said, those laws don't apply to me. Those laws only apply to them. And then those laws are old, they're ancient, they're tradition. God would have changed them. Uh, they're, they're misinterpreted. The language that was used is not the right wording. All these things. Toss it all out. Toss it all out for a moment, right? Did God tell the nation of Israel in Leviticus chapter 18, you are not allowed to commit adultery. You are not allowed to fornicate sex before marriage. You are not allowed to have any type of incest relationship, homosexual relationship, all these things. Undeniably, yes, he did that. Okay? You can go into all the other passages and go, well, this was happening in Sodom, but so was this. Romans chapter 1 says this, but if you look at the Greek, it says this. Let's go back. The, the chapter to go back to is this one. No one wants to go back to this chapter. Acts 15 they take this to the Jerusalem council, the disciples of Jesus. What are the Gentiles obligated to to come into the faith family of God once they receive salvation? To abstain from sexual immorality. They would have been taught by Jesus, and they would have been taught it from Leviticus 18. This is incumbent upon us. This is incumbent upon you. Question answered. Yeah. Answered right there. No one teaches Acts 15. No one goes there. We skip over it. And then we act like, well, sexual morality just involved a few things. No, it is an umbrella term. Yes, it's a Greek term, pornea, which also means porn, which we get pornography from. Yeah. It's all sexual immorality. It is one word that sums up every sexual act, every improper sexual act that God never intended his people nor his creation to be a part of outside the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. This is God's story. This is God's word. This is what we are to adhere to. This is what James, the brother of Jesus, Peter stood up, Paul was there, and they all said, if you want into this faith family of God, this is required of you. Yeah. And, 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 and you, you brought that question. I mean, do you think they would have given binding obligations for those coming into the faith family of God that Jesus didn't teach them in the three years that he was with them? Like you said, Peter and James were one of the closest people to Jesus. Everything that they're referencing in regards to faith is everything they've observed, everything that they've seen following their rabbi, everything that they that the rabbi said, what was the ultimate mission of the rabbi is for you to do what I have done. And they're doing what Jesus was what did, right? And so they're continuing this. And so the, this is this is huge because they could have said many other things, right? Yeah. 
They could have They could have loosed. They could have loosed you of this, right? They're binding and they're loosing. Hey, this is what's incumbent upon you. This is what's not. Hey, you don't have to be circumcised to receive salvation from God. Yeah. But I'm going to bind on you these things. Yeah. You have to do these. Yeah. You have to adhere by them when you yeah. come to the faith family. Uh, I think people miss this because... Jesus didn't maybe clearly say certain things like this, right? But he did. He did, but, but in a... Maybe right. A, a, we don't have all of it recorded, or right? like in different things. Yeah, we don't have it all recorded. So people, what we're trying to do in our faith, which is very, very dangerous, is look for loopholes. Yeah. I don't yes. find it exactly it. said. Yeah. So it's like, so I can show you that God commanded it. I can show you the... The, the disciples of Jesus in the early church at Jerusalem Council for Jews and Gentiles obligated it. And I can show you writings of Paul and in the Old Testament that speak about these things. And then I can also tell you that Jesus said, out of the heart flows evil things. And then he says the word sexual immorality. When he says that term, what do you think he's talking about, right? So people are like, well, he does not address, he does not say the word homosexuality or transgenderism, right? Yeah. I listened to a rabbi one time. He said, they were the duh obvious moments. Every Jew knew, according to Leviticus 18, this is forbidden. So some of them weren't always taught about because they knew this is the way we're supposed to live. This isn't something that we're, 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 we're arguing about in this moment, right? And the writers, we also know the gospels, also were trying to show you something about Jesus being the son of God, the fulfillment of the promise of God. Some are writing to Jewish audiences. Some are writing to Gentile audience. They're, they're trying to get you to see who he is. Not every single teaching that they got in three years is recorded in the yeah. gospels. Yeah. But in the book of Acts, we know Acts is called Acts because they're acting out the way of Jesus. So the argument falls flat for any Christian trying to find a loophole. Yeah. I know every outsider wants to argue in because they don't understand it. The reason they don't understand it is because we don't. Yeah. We're not educated in this. We don't know what our own faith is about. Then we come in with our misinterpretations, with our own thoughts and opinions, with our, our own feelings as to how we want it to be versus how God has commanded it to be. And when you come under the rule and reign of God, you bow that knee. He is Lord God, King of the universe, and you are to be his servant. He is your master. You are the student. He is the teacher. Yeah. As you said before, the movie ball, reference. The ball is. This is the way. This is the way. The ball is on your court, right? And so what, 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 what do we need to do now as believers? We need to put guardrails up. Yes. We need to put fences. We need to protect our children. We need to protect our homes. We need to uh, very um, metaphorically yeah. put the blood over our doorposts and and cover it cover our homes from any of these things that 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 are just not edifying our families they're not building up our faith uh in the name of entertainment in the name of thrill in the name of you know uh, uh, uh laughter right uh fun we, we we have to this is where we need to unpack some stuff for all those listening today because the fourth prohibition was things polluted by idols. Mm. That word polluted is contaminated, defiled. You know, it's, it's all these words that make you realize that uh, you can be tainted by the world. So their, their question was, what we read in scriptures, 
the scriptures tells us be in the world, not of the world, yeah. right? They knew that they were going to be in these settings. We're not going to take the Gentiles out of Ephesus. But while you exist in Ephesus with all this stuff going on around you, how you navigate within it matters. So let's be clear on that. Real people, real place, real time. You're not going to leave Ephesus, but you don't need to be partaking in the festival that celebrates the goddess Artemis, right? So they're trying to get them out of the culture, being polluted by it, but yet be in the culture as a light shining in darkness. So this is a a difficult task for all of us. And as you just said, we have that same applicable task as followers of Jesus. How do we exist in a culture that is anti-God? How do we lead our homes? How do we lead our marriages? How do we train up our children in a world where they are coming at our children with sexual ideologies, with Everything from drag and transgenderism to books and schools to um, different uh, philosophies and theologies about religion and the world and God. And you see it in the universities. They're now training grounds for the world to pump in these ideologies to our kids. And we have to figure out how we're going to distinctly lead them different. Yeah. And I would say that as we were talking earlier, those fences and guardrails we're responsible for. That's and they're not bad. Fences and guardrails were becoming man-made laws that they were putting on people because they were using them the same way they used the law of God. Jesus did this. This was a way of teaching for a rabbi. As I said yesterday, when we read Jesus say things like, hey, you have heard it said, yeah. do not commit adultery. That is a line in the sand by God. Don't do this. Prohibited from that. Jew and Gentile now, we both understand that, not just back in Leviticus. But I tell you, anybody who has committed lust has also committed adultery. What he's, what happens as we talked about this is every dude is like, well, then I don't know what to do because if you're a dude, you're wired and you struggle with lust at some point, right? So I, I committed full adultery? And, I, and I, what I do with that, like the attack of it, he's saying, no, when the lustful moment comes up, you should know that's where the fence goes. So therefore, what I watch, what I view, the movies, the scenes, the pictures on my phone, all that stuff, pornea, pornography, sexual immorality, I have to put a fence up to stop myself from doing that, from scrolling or searching on that website because the more I get in that, the easier it's going to be for me to commit adultery. That's, that's what we're, where we're at. What are the fences in your, in your life? You're not weak for putting up those fences. No. Like, I think sometimes people think that. Oh, does that still, sig- you know, doing all these um, protection barriers and things like that, not viewing things at certain times of the day, does that make me weak, you know? Am I just, am I not strong enough that I got to have these things? Uh, no, it's, you, you, that's strength. That, that, is, that, that is understanding um, you know, your role, that is being proactive, that is taking a stance and saying, uh, I'm not even going to allow a crack in this wall. And, and, and I, I it'd be, if you're hoping and relying that, that the school system and uh, that these other outside places are going to teach your children 
Um, you know, the values of God, you, you need to reevaluate that. That is our responsibility. And, and I'm leaning more towards the family side of, of just as us as parents, yeah. of us, man. This is a huge responsibility that we have to carry. And for us, it's like the change begins first with you, and then you can pass that along into your family. Uh, I, I know a lot of people, man, that feel like it's too late. I, you know, I've allowed certain things. I've, uh, you know, I, I haven't been, you know, I haven't put those guardrails up. I haven't put those fences up for a while. Um, it, it, it's almost going to be harder for me to, to rebuild. Um, but I, I want you to know that it's okay to rebuild. Like, like this is for your family. Like it's, it's all right. If you've allowed certain things to happen and you can begin the day to build routine structure, um, build those guardrails, put up those fences for your family, for the sake of your family, man. Um, it's, it's okay. You know, if you've messed up and, and you've allowed sexual sin to, to come, uh, God, there's forgiveness in Jesus. But now it's like the word that is being spoken here to, to you this weekend and today is like, what are you going to do now that you know the truth, now that you know what these guardrails and these fences are, are you just going to continue to destroy them yourself and just walk and make excuses, compromise? Or are you going to say, hey, yes, I've screwed up, but that is the, that, that, but, but I've come to my Savior. I've found forgiveness, and now I'm making a shift. I'm turning things around. It's a new perspective that I have, and I'm not turning into the, I'm not going back to those things, you know? And so I want to let that That's person good. know because they, you know, a lot of people, man, they'll hear this type of word and be like, ah it's kind of too late for me. I've already given into sexual immorality. I've already given into, um, you know, polluting my family with all these different things. My kids are already, you know, doing these certain things. And I don't know if I can ever, you know, get that back. And, and no, you can, man. And you have to fight for it. You got to fight for it. And it begins today. If you have that conviction, you, you pray, you get on your knees and you say, God, you give me the strength because yes, this battle, it will be hard to deconstruct things, right? That's what Jesus was doing. He was deconstructing some of the faith in, in some of these people. Yep. You heard it said this, but I'm telling you this. Like, it just shook things up. But it, but, 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 but if you are serious about your faith and you want to turn around in your faith, you're going to need, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. You're going to get pushback. But you need to do this in the name, in the name of, of, of Jesus, but in the name of, of, of turning your family around and getting them to the right path and turning your legacy and the destiny of your family family around man that's so good if it's, if, is it worth it yes it's worth it as you said there's there's a reality in the moment that we have to awaken to yeah and the reality is the enemy is real and he's trying to destroy you this is part of what we know in the story of god you can't say i know that and then walk around as if it's not happening yeah man and now that you have to be awake to it you have to look around and go is there anything in my life that's polluted yeah. by the culture? Is there anything in my home that's polluted by the culture? And the hard part is this, as you just said, it's not that we can't, it's that we don't want to. Mm. And I would say first and foremost, let me give this advice that I would be clear as advice for many of our listeners when it comes to your life, your marriage, or your home. When you just put up a fence with no 
explanation or understanding, then there's going to be a lot of pushback, right? Someone doesn't have a fence up in their own life because they'll say, well, my mom and dad used to just tell me I couldn't. Because I couldn't, I don't want my kid to just do that. Well, that's not good, right? Like I grew up in a Christian school and all they told you to do is don't have sex. But they didn't really explain biblically why, to be honest with you. So I go to Christian school and kids are having sex the same way that public school kids are, right? It doesn't matter where you attend. It's the heart, right? Until someone finally taught us what it means to be pure and to hold yourself from marriage, right? And so when it comes to your life, you have to ask, what fences do I need? If you struggle with alcohol and you go to bars and parties, what do you think that's going to do for you? right? What is it that's going to happen if you don't have the fence up that says, I can't go in those settings? Because if I get to that setting, then it's going to open the door for the opportunity. And that's when I'm going to cross the line. I don't need to cross. So that that's the first thing. Yesterday, a lady came up to me and she said, um, I heard you speak about Halloween a few weeks ago. And after listening to you speak, this is what she told me. I took down all my Halloween decorations and I gave them away. I donated them. And she said, can you explain a little bit why you said what you said about the Halloween thing? And I said, listen, I'm not anti trick or treating. We do that. Um, I'm anti the things that I see at Halloween that are against God. And that's because as we learned in Acts chapter 15, uh, from blood and the things strangled, And while we don't have sacrifices, what I've realized is that we entertain ourselves with some of the darkest, most evil, horrific movies, TV series that are all about demonic things and evil spirits and walking dead and all these things that are eating the flesh of other human beings. And we dress up in costumes and we cover our houses in witches and ghosts all for an evening. And I go, none of this glorifies God. And none of this is about God. As a matter of fact, God tells us in scripture to stay away from sorcery, witchcraft, fortune tellers, divination, all these types of things, any type of worship or celebration to demonic forces. Scripture is very clear about this, but we have no fences. Everyone else in culture is doing it. We should do it too. So we have a fence. We don't celebrate it in the sense that we don't decorate our house. We don't, we don't do any of that, but we go trick-or-treating with our neighbors to give out candy to meet families in our neighborhood in that moment. So there's a fence there. We will participate in this moment. We are not going to put the other stuff on our house. My house belongs to the Spirit of God, That's awesome. not some other spirit. Yeah. When it comes to someone said, well, then are you anti-Disney? Because yesterday I said, listen, Disney has told you we are injecting our sexual ideology in our content. I'm not anti-Disney, but the problem is we have too many parents, moms, dads that are more pro-Disney than they are pro-Jesus. And they can't fathom the thought of not going to Jesus, I mean, going to Disney, watching Disney, participating in all things Disney because they're reliving their childhood through their kids. Instead of protecting their kids in their childhood from a place that is coming after their kids. Yeah. And so we have Disney Plus. We we have that. The fence is a conviction, right? And we have it, and we allow my daughter to watch the old Disney movies, the old Disney shows. 
I'm sick and tired of listening to Hannah Montana because I have an older daughter who's 20 that watched them growing up. Now I have a 10 year old rewatching all of them. And it's like, gosh, I've heard this so many times, but anything new, yeah. we screen, Sus. we don't allow her to just go watch. I mean, they have a whole section on Disney Plus. It's all about LBGTQ yeah. shows and things. And some people hand their kids the remote and go, because it's Disney, just keep watching. You're responsible as a mom and dad for your kids. You're responsible for your choice before God. We will all stand accountable to the Lord one day. What we have to do is man up. Moms are nurturers. Dads are protectors. We got a lot of dads not protecting their life, their marriage, and their children. And we got a lot of moms that are not nurturing their life, their marriage, and their children spiritually. Mm. And we need dads that will rise up and man up and say, the enemy's not allowed in my house. Just the same way I lock my door every night and I walk my whole house from front to back, locking every door, chaining it up, and I got a gun in my house. You want to enter my house, I'm going to make sure it's locked up. And if you get inside, you're going to meet something else. I'm the protector of my home physically. I'm also the protector of my home spiritually. Yeah. My wife, nurturing. She nurtures. My mom, a nurturer. She nurtured God's word into me. I was talking to a mom afterwards. She said, have you ever heard of plugged in? I was like, yeah, it's been around forever. I still use it sometimes. Some people are not even aware of it. Plugged in is an online resource where you can go and they will they will give you information about movies and TV shows for your family and kids on the content that's based. Some of it you can just Google. Nice. Google a new movie. Put some of these terms behind it, LBGTQ, and see if that community embraces it because of the ideology in it. And you'll know right away. What we have to do is change the paradigm. Parents are wondering why their kids want nothing to do with God because God's not in the home because they're not teaching it, displaying it, and guarding their children from the world that's trying to pollute them and pull them away from God. We have a generation right now of kids in a world. Oh, it's worldwide, right? Let's just say it's worldwide. That is more hung up on being a Swifty than truly understanding what it means to walk in the way of Jesus. I mean, I just read that she canceled a concert in Rio because someone died waiting in line in the heat. And the world's saying, we will die waiting in line to watch this girl sing. And we got parents looking at their kids going, I don't know if I even want to go to church today. I'd rather go here. What is the ideology we're displaying in our own home? How has the world polluted us? We'll go stand in line for a Taylor Swift concert with our kids for hours and then act like we don't have time to come to God's word. We will stand in line for sporting events. Whatever the weather is, yeah. rain, snow, we'll cheer with total strangers in the arena for our team. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying we have to check our heart. Do we really care about the things of God? And if we do, how does our life, this was the question. What is it in you that other people will see to know you belong to this group? Mom, dad, husband, wife, your kids, what is it in your home? What fences need to be made? My next door neighbor for years that we knew so well, she used to laugh. My daughter would play with her kids. I'd come over, I'd knock on the door, and she's like, yeah, they're upstairs, let me get them, come on in. And I wouldn't come in the door. She's like, just step in the door, just 
wait for them. And she knew she she would just play. Like, I'm not stepping in the door of your house. Your husband is not here. The people on the street know I'm a pastor and I have a wife next door. I don't need to step in the door of someone else's house alone with just a single woman in here. Anything could be said against that. Some people are like, that's so stupid. No, that's a fence and a guardrail that I have in my life because my wife is the only one that I am committed to till the day that I die. I have a reputation that I'm a Christ follower and a messenger of Jesus. I want my neighbors to know that, my streets to know that. I don't want any assumption that could be made. So we have fences and guardrails. You had one with Jennifer. You were saying when you were dating. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we I mean, most of our dating life. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to give too much detail here, you know, but we dated. But there was always a conviction of just make just living holy. And and that's not to say there was these moments that you were, you know, you're your boyfriend and girlfriend. Like it's 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 there, you know. Um, but we just always there was a conviction. There was always a sensitivity to what God wanted to do, and we committed ourselves to keep ourselves holy um before marriage, man. And, you know, and, and that was huge for us. And some of the blessings I, I spoke to my team about, um, some of the blessings that I've been able to receive in my life, and I, I don't know if I said it last week, but um, we talked about just ROI, the return of investment. And, um, and one of the things that I mentioned to my team was just that, uh, you know, you're, you know you sometimes a return in the, in the investment world, you do not see your ROI for a little while, but you're believing, you're, 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 you're feeling like there's going to be uh, something that's going to come back and, and, and you're going to see the return of that investment. And for some of us, we want to see that return of investment right away. Some other ones, we know that it's going to be a while. And I remember just telling them, I said, it's, you know, for me and my wife, we've experienced some of the blessings that we've experienced. We have, we have, uh, there isn't a connection to anything that we've, you know, at the moment, you know, oh, maybe we did this and that connected us to, to this blessing. Like, no, aside from our obedience and our love for God and all that, and, and listen, this is not, not to say that works is what God is looking for, but I have to say that God remembers your level of commitment and obedience your entire life. And for us, I always tell my wife, I say, man, you know, honey, um, because sometimes it's like we, we, we'll talk to each other. We're like, man, how how is some some people just living the way that they want, and it seems like life is just working out perfectly fine. And they cuff corners, and they've done it certain ways. And me and you, we, we, we did it right. We did these things, and, yeah, we've experienced hardship and difficulty. And I always keep reminding my wife, I say, honey, this, this is a marathon, right? And God does not forget the purity and what we did in our youth. And I always tell her, I say, we, there's blessings in our life that we're experiencing now because of our obedience of what we did back then. And, and, and I just, I, and, and, and for me, it just reaffirms the importance of, of, of just taking a stance uh, because what you do now um, may have an effect long-term years from now. I was talking to a student yesterday about dating because I believe that parents have lost the concept of teaching their kids to date. Um, we live in a generation where the culture, so this is a pollution, has told our kids that you just you just hook up 
immediately. I've had more than one conversation with college students that have no concept of just going on a date with a person to see who they are without any strings attached for a second date. It's as if they have to be together right away if they, if they go on a date with everything else included, right? And so you have parents who go, well, that's what I did and I turned out this way. Instead of teaching your kids to do better and be better than you, yeah. right? That's always the goal. Um, I was telling them, I said, listen, we're not perfect. We're not, I'm not sitting here saying, put me on a pedestal, but you should have godly biblical yeah. examples in your life yeah. from the Bible and around you as influences. And I said, myself, Johnny, Chad, and our wives, we all were sexually pure at the marriage altar. Yeah. I don't say that to go, we are better than anyone else listening. I say that to tell somebody it can be done. It can be done because we live in a culture that says that it can't, right? I was just listening to a podcast this morning in the gym and the guy gave a great illustration. And I think someone needs this, this picture in their head. He didn't know God. So he said, most of my life, he used the word chase and skirt, right? But he came to God and his wife was a Christ follower. And we're going to do this one right. And his brother came to him and said, how is she? Meaning, how is she in bed? And he goes, I don't know. We're going to do this one right. He said, you haven't tested it out yet? <laughs> wow. He said, how do you know you're compatible? That's crazy. This is the mindset of most students today and That's most crazy. people. This is why fornication is, is rampant. This is why cohabitating is rampant. And people think that they're not ungodly by doing it. Acts 15 tells you, abstain from it. God told the nation of Israel, you're prohibited from it. This is part of you coming into the faith family of God. If you were, you can start new. This guy, I used to do this. Now I decided differently. I'm going to do it God's way. Wow. He said his brother's laughing going, I would never marry someone I didn't know if I was sexually compatible with. Because this is the mindset of the world that's trying to pollute our kids and all of us Upside down. in the faith, right? Yeah. And he says, God gave me a great illustration. He said, my brother collects cars. He says, so I told him, I said, let me ask you a question. Someone calls you right now and says, I have a Ferrari down at the shop. I'm going to give it to you. Just come down and get the keys. I don't have time to take you around and let you test drive it. You're going to take the Ferrari? He said, absolutely, it's a Ferrari. I don't need to test drive that. I know that thing's awesome. He said, my wife's a Ferrari, and I already know she's awesome. Mm. I don't need to test drive it. And I was like, that, boom. That's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome, right? Right? Yeah. Because that's not what the world's telling our kids. That's I've not what movie and television yeah. are displaying to us. Yeah. That's not, that's, that's the pollution of idols. That is the pollution of sexual immorality that is tainted, defiled our generation for generations since the beginning of time from a God who created man and woman, put them in the sanctity of marriage to become one flesh. And now we have a sexual revolution that says, be what you want, do what you want, claim what you want, however you want, and it is anti-God. And we have to rise up, and we have to identify it. We have to teach against it. We have to raise our kids up. We have to put fences in place and guardrails in place, and we need godly men to rise up and protect, protect their home spiritually and godly women to nurture and care for spiritually your life, your homes, your marriages, and everything else. Yeah. We're responsible right now for the generation that's coming up. 
we let the guardrails go. We let we didn't put fences up in our own lives, and therefore the ones behind us, it's a free-for-all. So when we look at them and go, what's wrong with that generation? We raise the parents of those that generation, yeah. or we're raising the kids in that generation. We're responsible. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's big, man. You don't have to. We want you to. We pray you do. Yeah. Right. That's our hope, man. And so, Scripture doesn't answer all our questions, but they always lead you to which way to go. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. And so I'm stoked, man. This was, this was powerful. Super thankful for just an amazing episode here. Uh, man, we hope you received that. We hope that it was, that brought conviction like it did to us. Uh, but it stirs up a change, you know, in a, in a powerful and, and, and life-changing way uh, for each of you guys that are listening and watching us. So, uh, man, if you have any questions, please hit us up, postsundaypodcast.gmail.com. We want to hear from you. If there's anything you're going through, any, any advice that you need, listen, we're not perfect, um, but, but we believe in the power of God's grace, his forgiveness, um, and, and for us to be humble and obedient to that and approach it every day uh, with that uh, mindset. So um, we're servants of the Lord. We are his um, Talmudim, right? That's Disciples. It. And so we're excited, man. We hope you have been blessed. We're excited to continue to roll. We got a few more episodes till the end of the year. So just really stay tuned with us as we wrap things up. We got some announcements that we're going to launch here after the back end of this year, beginning of, of the new year. We've got some great ideas. So stay tuned with us to be able to uh, just hear that out, be a part of that. And uh, we can't wait. Hey, listen, we got merch out there, too. There is merch out there, Post Sunday Podcast merch. You can find that over at GenesisChurchOrlando.com. Go to the merchandise tab, and you'll be able to, to check out what the selections we have for you guys. You're welcome to, to check out what we got. But uh, we are evolving. We're moving forward. We're excited. We hope that you have been blessed. And again, follow us through all social media platforms, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Post Sunday Podcast, find us there. And we hope that you can just binge and be a part of this never-ending story that we've been on. Uh, until next week, we can't wait to see you guys. Enjoy your happy uh, Thanksgiving holiday. We'll see you next week. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you. <laughs>